bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensa Otterville. And now, today's word. I'm going to continue and conclude uh, what I started teaching last week. I titled it, We Walk by Faith and Not by Sight. We Walk by Faith and Not by Sight. The Christian life is a walk of faith. Everything about us is about Believing God, trusting him, and trusting that what he has said, he will accomplish. He that comes to God must believe. It's important that our faith life is strongly anchored in the Lord. So we're going to start with the passage that I uh, ended with last week, uh, which is the passage that the topic is Taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. And let's hear the reading of God's word. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord for we walk by faith and not by sight we are confident yes well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord my focus is on the verse 7 for we walk by faith and not by sight many of you have probably at some point in your life quoted this passage uh, whether you know where it is in the Bible or not uh, it might have come out of your lips we walk by faith and not by sight in that verse two faculties are mentioned faith and sight faith and sight let's say it together faith and sight. Let's say it one more time. Faith and sight. Now, both enables us to walk or to live lives. Both help us to move along in life. And both are designed for living, but for different kinds of living. So we're going to uh, just go through some of the things I said last week. Um, Uh, and try to focus our attention on what it means to walk by sight and what it means to walk by faith. Our sight enables us to see earth's reality. Our sight is designed to help us to function in the earth realm. It helps us to see what is happening around us. Without sight, life becomes a very difficult task. In addition to our sight, we have other senses that help us to hear, to smell, to taste, and to feel. Every human being needs his or her senses to survive. It's critical that we have these senses. And if for some reason 
any of these senses are impaired, whether your sight is impaired or your hearing or some other aspect of your senses are impaired, life becomes an extra challenge to you. So without the senses, without sight and hearing and so on, life on earth cannot be fully experienced. And it's important that these functions are present in our lives. And as good as our senses are, our sight is, our taste is, our smell is, they are profoundly inadequate to help us live our spiritual life. In other words, to live our spiritual life, what helps us naturally may be a disadvantage to us spiritually. To experience heaven's reality, we need faith. So our faith enables us to see heaven's possibilities. Faith sees into the realm of the spirit. Faith sees possibilities which are not present now. Faith enables us to relate to God. It enables us to see what God has made available to us. It enables us to claim God's promises. Faith helps us to please God. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to receive the promises of God without faith. So, basically, in life you have sight and you have faith. Both are important. But they don't function in the same realm. One happens in the earth realm, the other happens in the spiritual realm. And I said last week, that when faith walks in, sight walks out. And when sight walks in, faith walks out. You cannot operate in both at the same time to equal measure. I know we try, you know, uh, as Christians to try to get uh, the best of both worlds. We want to walk in the natural and the spiritual at the same time. And there is some sense in that. But in reality... Uh, one shuts out the other. Faith shuts out sight and sight shuts out faith. So you cannot say I'm walking by faith and still walking by sight. Neither can you say I'm walking by sight and walking by faith. When one is predominant in your life, the other is shut out. And we're going to examine a bit of that today. So how do we deal with the challenges of life when we are not supposed to walk by sight should we avoid reality? Should we live as if uh, reality is not real? You know, because sometimes uh, when you say you're walking by faith, somebody is going to say, let's face reality. Let's face reality. The thing is not there. You can't say it's there. Let's face reality. So how can you walk by faith and not be silly? How can you walk by faith and not appear to be out of touch with reality. Because when you are out of touch with reality, it seems as if your mind is now beginning to play funny tricks on you. And when your mind begins to play funny tricks on you, you don't belong to human, a normal human society. You have to be uh, quarantined in a very undesirable place. So, how can we walk by faith when sight is telling us that this thing is impossible. Is it possible to face impossible 
see impossible and still walk by faith. Well, that's my assignment and I hope by the time I'm through, we can learn to walk by faith, even when sight is telling us something is impossible. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just one chapter behind what we just read. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, uh, verse 17 to 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. And we're going to listen to something that I think is very profound, and it's profound because of the person whom God is using to write these words. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul who had a lot of challenges in life. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, when you read the Bible, you, rea you realize that the Bible sometimes in addressing specific issues also establishes uh, eternal principles. So here Paul is talking specifically about going to heaven. But in the process, he's also establishing a principle that works in other areas of our lives. So it's not only related to going to heaven, it's related to other areas of our lives and how to deal uh, between what you see and what you don't see and how to manage life between what you see and what you don't see. Now, in this passage, Paul talks about two categories of realities, two kinds of realities. And I want us to examine those two kinds of realities in relation to our faith. First, he talks about things which are seen. Things which are seen. And he calls the things which are seen as temporary. In other words, the things you and I see are Temporary. They are short term, they are interim, they are momentary, they have an expiry date. As real as the things we see seem to us, they are temporary. They are not permanent. And Paul calls them a light affliction or our present affliction. So, what are the things that we see? The things we see are the present afflictions we are going through. So, if, if I am going through a situation now, it could be a health challenge, it could be a marriage problem, it could be some other problem that you are going through. It is present. It's the thing you see. And if I should ask everybody here uh, what you have seen this week, each one will come about to talk about things we saw this week. 
I mean, some will be nice things, but a lot of people also have uh, things they have seen. Maybe it's a sickness of a loved one. Maybe it's something you thought was going to happen that didn't happen. Maybe it's a storm that is rising against you. Maybe it's a problem that you are seeing. I mean, it's the things we see. It's your present affliction, which Paul somehow calls a light affliction. The word affliction comes from the Greek word meaning pressure, burden, or trouble. Pressure, burden, trouble. But Paul calls them light, not weighty. And the word light gives the impression of something that can be blown away. So no matter how bad your situation is, the things you see are not permanent. Now, even without bringing spiritual into this, let, let's just look at it naturally. The things you saw 10 years ago, you don't see them now. I mean, problems that you are in that you say, oh God, I will die. It's, it's not there. Because every problem has an expiry date. So even if you don't do anything about it, it will expire at a certain time. All things being equal. But that's not even what we are talking about. But Paul says the things we see are temporary. So everything you are seeing now is temporary. It may be a problem in your marriage, it's temporary. A problem in your body is temporary. The things we see are not permanent. The poverty you see is temporary. The broke is temporary. The negative balance in your bank account is temporary. Your inability to pay your bills is temporary. Your inability to marry is temporary. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Whatever you see yourself going through now, Paul and the Bible says it is temporary and it is a light affliction so that's the first category the things we see now let, let's face it as human beings the things we see scare us but they are temporary all right so first category second category things we do not see things which are not seen and Paul says that those things we do not see they are eternal in other words they are abiding they are enduring they are timeless and he calls them the eternal weight of glory the things we do not see refer to the weight of glory that is ahead of you so in life you are dealing with light affliction and weight of glory light can be blown away weight is stable the things you see light affliction they can be blown away the things you do not see weight of glory they are permanent in other words what God intends to do in your life is stronger and weightier than what you see but you see it. 
And people are going to say, Pastor, let's face it. It's there. Yeah, it's there. But God says it's temporary. And it's light. And what is coming is eternal and is weighty. So you can confidently say, my best days are coming. My days of glory are coming. Weighty things are happening to me. Things which we do not see. Now the glory that the passage talks about ultimately talks about is reference to heaven. That's the, it, the ultimate weight of glory. But heaven is not something we wait for to enter into because in the Lord's prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, thy will, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So although there is a future heaven, there is also a present heaven. And our life on earth must not only anticipate the future heaven, it must claim the present heaven. God wants your existence to be a foretaste of what heaven is going to give to you. You don't just live a miserable life and hope to go to heaven one day. You can experience the power of God, the glory of God, the favor of God, the blessing of God, the abundance of God here on earth. The weight of glory can be experienced now. So, the things we see are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. Now, the challenge with all of us is the things we see are very urgent. The things we see are very urgent. The things we don't see are not urgent. It's like when let's say your mother is sick and she lives in the village it's a very important thing but because you don't live in the village and you live in Accra it's not urgent to you and when your mother needs you to visit her you may not feel the urgency however when you get a phone call and the phone rings, it can be from a person who is of no value to you, but for most of us, the moment our phone rings, we jump and answer the call. Now, what are you doing? The things which are present, the phone call, seems more important to you than the things which are not there, your mother's sickness, which you don't see. Now, in terms of your priority, where should you focus your attention? Is it on the phone call from somebody who's going to annoy you or from your mother who needs you to be there to help her to get well? So at every point in time, you're dealing with what is there and what is not there. The challenge with everything that comes against your faith is because it is there. And because it is there and you feel it, you tend to give it far more importance than it deserves. Whereas there is something greater that God wants to do in your life and God wants us to fix our attention, ch change it from the things which are present to the things which are not present. All right, so how do we do that? Now, he helped Abraham to do that because Abraham was also dealing with the things present and the things which are not present and where to fix his attention. 
And let's see how God enabled Abraham to shift his attention. Genesis chapter 15 verses 1 to 6. Genesis chapter 15 verses 1 to 6. Now, most of you know the story of Abraham. Um, he's called the father of faith. And uh, one of the most uh, present things in Abraham's life was that he needed a child. Not for fun, but he needed an heir. He needed an heir. God had given him a promise. God had blessed him. God had told him in him the families of the earth will be blessed. So it's, it's essential that what was in him will go to the next generation. So Abraham's preoccupation is, I need to pass on this blessing to somebody. I can't die with this blessing not passing on to the next generation. So his preoccupation is to have a child. Not to impress the neighbors, but to make sure that the blessing of God goes to the next generation. And Abraham gets very preoccupied with this uh, to the extent that he uses other means to get a child and God says, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that you're going to have a child with this old lady. And God has a way in which sometimes he makes life very difficult for all of us. So Abraham now has to really figure out, I mean, the things I see are not very encouraging. I'm walking by the things I see and it's not encouraging. God wants to shift him to the things he doesn't see. So let's look at this encounter within the context of walking by faith and not by sight. Genesis chapter 15, you will love this. Now after, from verse 1, now after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Verse 6, very important, very, very important verses. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Very important encounter between God and Abraham. And, and, and in this we see Walking by sight and walking by faith. When God is speaking to Abraham, it is implied that Abraham is in a tent or in a cave. Because later on the back passage says God brought him outside. 
So if God brought him later outside, then the first time he spoke to him, he was inside and he was in a tent. So let's look at the first time and how Abraham is seeing reality in the tent. This is what I call the earthly view, walking by sight. The tent was Abraham's location. It was a place where he lived. The tent was enclosed and it limited his vision. Abraham's position in the tent, and, and I want you to, to watch this. When I'm in a place all by myself, and, and I, each one of us have been a place all by ourselves, it could be in your room alone. Or sometimes you can be in a group, but you feel like you are alone. You, you, it's almost like you are in a tent. You, you, are, you are by yourself. There is nothing around you. When you are in that space, and in Abraham's case, he's in a tent. It's likely that he's alone in the tent. When he looks up, he sees the top of the tent. That's as far as he can go. It's not because that is all that there is to see, but the tent is determining you cannot see beyond me. So he sees the end of the tent. He looks to the side. He sees the wall of the tent, the wall of the tent. He looks down and he sees the ground. And he looks around and he sees himself. So everything Abraham is seeing now is limited by the place he's in, the tent he's in, the condition he's in. And that is determining Abraham's life. So in the tent place, you are seeing reality from the earthly point of view or walking by sight. And in the place, two things happened to Abraham. First, he became inward looking. He began to place limitation on himself. And if you listen to the conversation he has with God, it's all based on sight. Seeing I go childless. In other words, God see or I see my problem. I see it. When you are in this situation where you are in a tent situation, that's all you're going to see. Each one of us have met people whose every conversation is related to a problem facing them. If they are sick, every time they talk, this is my sickness, this is my they, they've already called it my sickness. You know, like I, I talk to people and sometimes they say, I've got a cold. I say, who will take it away from me? You got it. I've got fever. Well, if you've got it, then it's yours. Now you can say that I am dealing with fever or am I dealing with cold, but once you have said that you have gotten it, I have a fever. It's yours. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233 
302 688 000.